0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of Conduct. Code,
1: code. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back. It is Monday, May 3rd, and the draft is over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God the draft is over, man. Good grief. I am so happy that we now can look to the future, to the upcoming season of the Buffalo Bills, and we can put the draft behind us. I am I am excited. I am thrilled. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Code of Conduct. I might have to shorten this little intro thing here because the video is too long. I like to be looking at y'all when I start talking. So I might have to shorten that going forward, even though I like the uh, the intro music so much. But listen, tonight is going to be a fun episode. I have a very, very, very special guest and Mr. Marlon Kerner, um, who is the former director of player engagement and alumni for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he, he actually just stopped working with the Bills this past season. So um, he has some interesting perspective about some things that uh, Anthony jumped in here. told me, stop hating on the draft, man. Listen, I'm not hating on the draft. I love the, draft. I love the draft. It's just, man, it's such a grind. It's such a grind. I love it, but you know what? This year was the the experience of it was better for me. Um, this is the first year with me doing the podcast, and it's the first year of me actually like really following the draft at all. Normally, it's kind of like I I kind of tune into who's the first or second round players that I think we might want to be looking into, and um, you know, and I. I I'll still stick around on Twitter, but I'm not like deep into the talk this year. Obviously, with the podcast um, and then being connected to Bruce and being connected to Joe, um, it's, it's a little bit different because those guys keep me on my toes. So so this year was fun, but it was it was definitely a grind. So I'm, I'm happy that now we can get back to our schedule uh, as our normal schedule. Normal schedule. What's going on? My man, Kenny Riggleman in the building. Uh, let's see who else is in here. Got Chris. The real Chris Janke. What's going on? Uh, Richard Rush always always my man Richard Rush in the building Um, tonight is not going to be a long episode I'm going to talk just for a couple minutes uh, as far as a monologue and then I have like I said my my special guest is uh, Mr. Marlon Kerner joining me Uh, he was a third round pick by the Buffalo Bills so uh, he has some interesting perspective as a player also as somebody who uh, began to you know Help players from a different perspective. He so one of one of the things that is very important to to the role that Marlon plays for the organization was uh, players whose careers ended early. He helped them either transition transition back to school or uh, figure out what life would be after the NFL because you know you 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 play football your entire life and you know you think that you're invincible. You get to the NFL and you you know, Aaron Williams, Aaron Williams, injure your neck. And then you have to retire early um, without preparing for it. And you didn't have those ducks in a row. Uh, this is what Marlon handles with the Buffalo Bills. Um, he also handled um, planned retirement. He didn't have to do much with with Lorenzo Alexander and and some of those guys that we love so much. But he told us a lot about uh, some of the things that they would do um, when when players aren't as prepared as, as Lorenzo Alexander. So, um, I'm looking forward to, to you guys, um, you know, being able to talk to Marlon. He's a great guy, great guy. He's still in the community of Buffalo, um, was drafted by Buffalo, ended up marrying a Buffalonian and, uh, he stuck around, man. He stuck around. So I'll get to Marlon really soon. Uh, that's going to be fun. But first I do want to talk a little bit about today's news, um, because I got yelled at (laughs) a little bit on Twitter first. Um, we, we had the, the five year or the fifth year option, uh, the Buffalo Bills exercised the fifth year option for both Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. Now Josh Allen is basically a no brainer. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we knew this was going to happen. The question was whether or not, you know, they were just going to get the extension done and not even have to worry about this. That was the first part. Uh, but the Tremaine Edmonds part, this is the part that's, that's kind of, it trips me up a little bit. Cause I do not understand for the life of me, how anyone can really watch him as a Bills fan. And think that the Buffalo Bills made a bad decision by exercising the fifth year option um is Tremaine Edmonds right now is he Devin White no it has Devin White played less in the league yeah he has I don't need this is this is where it comes down to for me I don't need Tremaine Edmonds to be the best player at his position in the league what I need from him is to be a good player at his position for my team. I need him to make plays. I need him to be a good tackler. I need him to be the quarterback of the defense. And so far, these are things that he's been doing. He's he's made the Pro Bowl twice. And I know the Pro Bowl can kind of blur things or it can kind of, you know, skew the vision on how you look at a player because uh, at times it can become a popularity contest. But guess what? It wasn't a popularity contest for Tremaine Edmonds. He actually performed. He gained the respect of players around the league. He gained the respect of the coaches. This is not just um, a Homer take, you know, if anything, I'm I'm one of those guys where I'm not critical of players um, because I know I'm not, I can't be better than them, but I am honest about how, I'm honest about what my expectations are for them. I have high expectations for Tremaine Edmonds. We we moved up to to draft him. Um, he, he was drafted the same year as Josh Allen. He's looked at as like a cornerstone for this team. So I have high expectations for Tremaine Edmonds. Guess what? Making a Pro Bowl two out of three years, I think that kind of exceeded, you know, we have rookies on this team, or not rookies, we have guys that are in their third year, fourth year, that haven't made the Pro Bowl once. You know, we have guys that haven't been a player of the week on defense or offense once. You know, we have guys that you love on this team. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say it in a way to, to talk down about anybody else. But I don't understand the pressure that we're putting on this guy, on this 23-year-old man, this young man. We're putting pressure on him as if he has to immediately, like, immediately be um, Ray Lewis, you know, I don't expect him to ever be Ray Lewis. If he develops into a dominant Hall of Fame middle linebacker, would that be great? Absolutely. But but the production that I'm getting from him, would I like it to improve? Yes, I would absolutely like for it to improve. But am I am I ever thinking about not extending the fifth-year option to my first-round draft pick that's controlling my defense? Am I ever thinking about not extending him when I get the numbers right? Listen, I, I fully I fully believe the Buffalo Bills would extend him right now if they get the numbers right. I think the problem is right now when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, it might be the situation that they kind of had with Cam Newton a couple of years ago in, in Carolina. And and Joe made mention of this a couple weeks ago on the on the hump day hotline. Um, Cam's value to himself was like here. Right. And in and so, and good reasoning at the time, he he. Just took them to the Super Bowl. He won an MVP. So he's like, "No, nah, man, I, I deserve more than this." Brandon Bean's like, "No," or well, it wasn't Brandon Bean as the GM at the time. He was he was um, kind of second in charge there. But in Carolina, they said, "No, we don't. We don't think that you're you're worth this much yet. We don't think you're worth this number yet. Uh, let's do it again for another year. Let's figure this out." It didn't work. Cam got injured. Looked out. Looked to be that Carolina was right. They were right. Cam Newton ended up going to New, New England. OK, so now fast forward. We're looking at at Tremaine. Now, do I think Tremaine should be paid as a top three middle linebacker? No, I don't. But do I think that them picking up the fifth year option is a head scratcher? Not at all. Not at all. What you want to do is you want to actually get a contract that works for both sides. And right now, the, the contract that probably Tremaine wants probably won't work for the Buffalo Bills. But I guarantee you, man, there's no way we're just going to let go of Tremaine Edmonds. There's no way. No freaking way. <laughs> no freaking way. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to let that thing go. So listen, I don't know if y'all agree with me there. I don't know if y'all... I don't care. It, the guy is awesome. The guy is going to be here. I'm glad that we did this thing. And I'm just waiting for the announcement to see uh when Josh Allen's uh, extension is done. I feel like it's going to be it's next few weeks. I feel because uh, if not, obviously they have the time but josh is josh is a no-brainer we know that this guy is here in western new york for he, he's here he's here so ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to my quick little rant there about why i don't think um we should put this much pressure on tremaine edmonds and i hope that you all enjoy this interview um i want you all to welcome my special guest mr marlon kerner of conduct Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I have a special guest joining me today. This is somebody who is a major, major impact to to pretty much probably your favorite player and your favorite player's favorite player on the Buffalo Bills. And he is a previous or former Buffalo Bills player himself, a former Buffalo Bills third round draft pick. We have Marlon Kerner joining us today. How's it going, sir?
0: I'm doing well, James. Thanks for having me
1: man i'm I'm excited like i uh, told you before we started to record that um i look at you because or I, I i'm excited about doing this interview for a couple reasons one you obviously you played for my favorite team so anybody who plays with the team i'm a fan uh but then after that like i said you you um had the opportunity to end up working for the team that drafted you and you have a, a huge impact on the lives of so many people um that have come through the organization over the recent years um so if you if you why don't we start out, why don't you kind of let everybody know which a role was um, this previous um, year and couple years, I guess, uh, with the organization so they kind of know what we're talking about when I say you had
0: a major impact. OK, uh, well, I came back to Buffalo in 19 or 19. Um, I came to Buffalo in 1995 to play football here, um, then had some knee injuries um, and in 1988 was done, right? Uh, then came back in 2016 uh, originally as Uh, the director of alumni. Uh, So really cool space trying to kind of get back to guys that played. We wanted to rebuild that department and really start touching base and just not losing contact like we had done in the past Uh, and then had the opportunity to shift um, with the coaching change, uh, and, and Coach McDermott uh, and ended up becoming the director of player engagement uh, and really got to come full circle uh, and be a part of those young men's lives, helping them transfer um, transition into the National Football League, uh, and then being there as just a sounding board and somebody that they could get advice from uh, and just lending the expertise of when I was in, in similar positions uh, to them, and then being also that resource when they transition out because transition uh is such a big part of coming in and leaving the league
1: okay so um i know in recent years bills fans will um you speak about the going out part this wasn't a prepared question but when you said it that way it uh it struck obviously a a a soft spot so recently we've had you know players like lorenzo alexander retire we've had um, Kyle Williams retire, I don't want to obviously ask anything personal about like how you help them prepare, but for a player of that type of status, when you have somebody like, you know, Kyle Williams who's been with the team for his entire career and people love him and, you know, what type of advice do you give somebody who's been in the league like that for 10 years or 15 years that you can really help them in the next stages of their life?
0: Really, uh, those two guys that you mentioned were great guys. Uh, And so they're what I would call an anomaly, Um, they're guys that kind of already had a game plan going into it. They understood like, hey, I know I can't play this forever. Uh, Lorenzo was really big on getting connected with the communities uh, in all the cities that he played in and then really learning how he wanted to structure his own foundation and what what he wanted his life to look like after football. Um, And Kyle was the same way. Kyle had already had everything planned out. So it really wasn't hard. I, I didn't have to do anything with those guys. Uh, just because they had already known what they wanted their their transition to look like, they'd already had a plan in place. Mine was more of a hey, okay, what? How can I assist you? Is there anything any resources that I need to uh, connect you with? Is there anything um, that you haven't thought of that maybe I can maybe help provide some insight on? But when it all came down to it, they'd already had a great plan. They'd already knew what they wanted to do. Um, my role really comes into play uh, when you start talking about guys who don't have a plan or if their career comes to an end unexpectedly because, you know, they're thinking, I'm going to get 10 years in and they maybe got three in. And so now you're talking to a young man saying, hey, you know, you came in at 21 and now you're 24, 25. And yes, you know, you got three seasons in, you're going to get pension when you retire at either 55 or 65, you know, hopefully you know you were able to save some of this money aside uh and and say okay i got a nest egg but in all reality uh, unless you were a lottery pick more than likely you are going to have to get a job Uh, and so now let's start talking about did you graduate um if you haven't graduated how many courses do you have left that we need to get you on on path with to take um do you see yourself starting a business? Uh, or do you see yourself even continuing education? Do you need a master's? Do you wanna go back? Um, like, you know, if you wanted to be go to law school or be a doctor, is there more schooling in your future? And then we come up with a game plan for them to kind of help them understand what that looks like uh, because that was me. You know, I, I was a guy who came in, you know, Came in at yeah. 21, uh, was having a, a starting to really figure out the NFL and how to play at a very high level in this league, and then tore my ACL. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't know um, one thing that I did do um, when I tore my ACL. I had three classes left that I needed to take to graduate, uh, so I went back to the Bills. Was like, hey, listen. You know, I tore my ACL, not sure what this looks like, but I'm going to school and I'm going to graduate. Uh, And we went back and forth because they were like, no, we want you here. I'm like, listen, I want to go graduate. This is not guaranteed. I don't know what this looks like. You know, And they were like, okay, fine, you can go back. I'm like, if I need to drive back, I need to fly a trainer down every week, I will do that, but I'm going to graduate. Uh, And so I headed to Vail, Colorado, and I'm making a phone call to my advisor like, hey, did you get my check? Like, hey, I, I, I overnighted it. I sent it by FedEx to you directly to your office. Did you get the check? Am I all set um, to start classes um, come January? And she was like, yes, I got your check. You're all set. Um, everything's in there. You're good to go. I'll see you on January 4th. Uh, and so December 18th, I'm having surgery on my knee. Um, I get done. Everything is a, a success. I go back to Columbus uh, and I'm walking across campus with crutches and stitches in my left knee, going to class with a backpack and all the books I needed to graduate. Graduated, came back uh, and and did all that, and then tore my um, right ACL in the first game of the following season. So literally nine months apart, I had two major knee injuries. And I'm like, okay, now what does this look like? Um, Did the rehab again? And then the Bills were like, hey, you know, you're not the same player. You know, I just needed more time to get healthy. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. I was done. um, And that was it. And I'm 25 years old saying, okay, now what? What's the next step? And, you know, and and, and the salaries weren't what they are now. Uh, So I knew that I was going to have to get a job. So having gone through that um, really kind of gave me a different perspective and really a heart to kind of help these guys really understand that this is sports is kind of the one profession where you know you see a lot of people talk about you anybody that has a plan b is somebody that fails well and sports is different right mm-hmm. because you have to have a plan b because we can't do this forever right you have to have something that you're going to transition into and something that you're going to do after you're done because we don't know how long it's going to last but we do know it's going to end right so even if you're like daryl green and you play 20 seasons or bruce matthews and you play 20 years it still is going to end, and you're going to have to do something different. Uh, and so that's where I, I'm able to just kind of help guys understand that you got a lot more life to live when you're done with the sport. And we better make sure we have a plan on how that's going to look and what you're going to do next.
1: Um, well, so I want to I want to touch on something that you talked about there. You you mentioned your your ACL injuries. Now I've I've had an ACL injury, not at your level. Obviously, I'm not an NFL athlete. Um, I was never ever that much of an athlete, but Um, I understand the pain of those ACL injuries. In 1998, the technology and the medicine uh, was completely different than it is now in 2021. So whereas guys um, now, some, some guys have multiple ACL tears, like three, four of them, and they're still in the league trying to make rosters. And some of them do. We see Adrian Peterson, I know he's a freak, he's different. But we've seen guys come back and still have great careers. Whereas you in 98, like you said, you weren't the same player. Bills fans, young people who don't know, and I know that the, the, when you go and read the stats, just to look at the stats, doesn't always paint the whole picture because, as Marlon just mentioned, he had injuries. Listen, if you go back and look at this, I'm going to just tell y'all, y'all want to see somebody get hit? I'm going I'm to post this on Twitter later on. I, I found this highlight, man. I'm going to just say, <laughs> I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it. And I'm gonna, um when this show goes live, I'm going to make sure you you see the post, man. Okay. I, I think. I think a lot of times we forget it's recency bias, man. And there's not a ton of videos out there when when you go and do research on guys, dude. When you find it, it it's so impressive. So first, I want to say, like you know, or I want to ask you, when that happened to you, when you had that knee injury, um, f- for you going back to school obviously was was probably the, the best, and it turned out to be um, the best of decisions to make. There are a lot of guys who who back then you know it's like look it's football or nothing and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to get myself back into shape to do that um back then what was the mindset that really you know what was it that made you weigh that option to say you know what as much as i love football there's other ways that i can i can affect the game of football without actually physically having to be on the field like what was that deciding factor for you
0: i think for me going back to school it was just it was a goal to make sure that i finished um and had i not torn my acl the plan was still to go back to school and graduate. So I wanted to make sure that okay. I finished what I started. Uh, and it, it, it was more of a just, I'm not sure what this looks like when they get in there. I knew that there was the ACL, there was also an MCL tear, and they said there was some cartilage damage. So understanding that it could be a lot of things going on, I, was, I just said, you know what, just in case this football thing doesn't work out or just in case this injury is more extensive, than what they think it's going to be. Let me just go back and finish. Like, let me stay on my plan. Let me stay on the path that I have already set up. um, And then we can take that from where it goes after that. And, And it wasn't like I didn't think that I was going to not try to come back and play. Like, that was not the goal. The goal was to graduate while also still getting healthy and being ready to come in and compete um, as uh, and start for a position uh, for starting left corner because uh, we had Thomas Smith uh, and then it was myself, a good friend of mine, uh, and Ken Urban. We were going to battle um, for that starting left cornerback um, spot position um, with Jeff Burris leaving in free agency to the Indianapolis Colts. So there was a lot going on, but having that degree was always something that I knew I wanted to get, uh, and so I wasn't going to let the injury put that timetable on hold because that's what always happens, right? Like, we have something, we have setbacks, and then we don't stick with the plan, right? We say, well, the plan was this, but then I had to do this. So I just found a way to still do all the rehab. I, I, was, I was back at Ohio State. We had world-class doctors, um, world-class training facilities. So I just went there and used their facilities and did the rehab and then came back to Buffalo when I graduated uh, in March uh, and, and came back when they needed me to, to check on doctors. And I flew trainers down or I flew out to Colorado when I had to. Uh, and then everything worked out. I graduated uh, and then came back here and was uh, and was on pace uh, to kind of be ready to go, but just had some setbacks because the one thing, like you said, that medicine was different, but you really can't simulate game speed during your rehab yeah. process. That's the hardest thing to do. Uh, and so while I look great uh, in the rehab process uh, and I was strong, uh, it just wasn't ready to kind of do everything that I wanted to do. Um, physically uh, and 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 my mentality then was you know i'm just going to push through it because that's what that's how we were made back then like we just thought like i can push through it i can push through it i can push through it you know and and i i I pushed too much and 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 was having a lot of swelling and we were draining i mean honestly like we were literally taking syringes of blood out of my knee like I i would go practice for a day day and a half it would swell up we would drain it I would stay out of it for a day and a half, and I would go back and then practice on it for a day or two, and then we did this whole this whole song and dance wow. the entire training camp. Like so, I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't trying to get back out there. I mean, I left everything right, on the field. Right. So I mean, that was one of the things that I was just like, you know, I gave it my all, you know, no regrets. You know, if I had to do it all over again, I would probably make all the same decisions because I just like to play football. I love to be out there with my guys and be and be with my teammates and and so that bond that we had, um, it was just. It was heightened just with the competition and being out there and competing with those
1: guys. Yeah, man, that's that's um. Well, well, first is it's um it speaks to like because you keep referring to those guys as as like friends and close friends and brothers. So like it's it's awesome to to still hear you know even through all that transition. A lot of times, you know, you figure injuries, guys are no longer around the team. Those relationships a lot of times break up or whatever. It's it's good to hear that every time I talk to a player from your era, you know, you guys you guys are together, man. I love that. I love that. So, so let me ask you this. Let's let's kind of um before I switch gears, because let's still talk about school for a moment. So, when you were in your role with the Bills now, um or last season and, and before, did were you also active in players who were on the active roster still wanting to go back to school while they were in um, while they were playing, or was it only really um like transitioning players that you were, um, looking to help with that part of their life.
0: I helped guys that were, um, as, a, as a player engagement director, you kind of deal mostly with um, current players. Uh, so uh, my my role in that was to help guys who were, hey, I want to take a class here, I want to take a class there, you know, or hey, I've only got three classes that I need to take. Um, so yeah, I, I was helping a lot of guys just kind of figured it out. Like, let's let's come with a game plan. Like, when when do you plan on taking this? Like, let's call your academic advisor at school. Like, let's find out if you have to pay for it. Let's find out if the school is still going to cover it, depending on how far you are removed. They may want to see you graduate, so they may go ahead and cover the cost. And if that's the case, then let's get you set up for a summer class real quick. Um, but I never tried to have a guy take a class during season, um, um, or I never wanted mm-hmm. to see a guy kind of take a class during training camp, because that's a lot to try to devote to, um, especially when your your livelihood is dependent on you being able to stay focused enough to handle, the, the rigors of the professional ranks. Uh, so I always made sure if guys were going to take a class, they took it once the season ended. So we would talk about setting up their classes in spring semester um, and then those, that first summer or maybe that second summer before we came back for training camp um, towards the end of July, beginning of August. And so that was the window that I would push guys to. Um, but it wasn't just about going back to school. It was also Hey, let me get you some education on what's available like if you needed to kind of get some financial literacy you know let's talk about some of those things if you needed to um, kind of get some real world experience let's talk about some internships uh, i remember helping uh, one of our players um, do some internships with the university of buffalo in the athletic department uh, he, he w- thought he wanted to be an, an, an ad when he was done playing football uh, so i reached out to them and just said hey i have a player he's he's interested in becoming an ad when he's done um, can he meet with some of your, your athletic um, directors? Absolutely. I got him with three different people, so we could see it from three different perspectives. Uh, and then when he left, he came back and said, "I don't want to do this. This is something that I <laughs> thought was cool, um, but it's not what I want to be my final yeah. career." So you know, help- helping guys kind of navigate all of those things was really important because you you know you know. We, we get done playing football and then we're, we're like thrown back into the wolves like all right you're with your people that you went to school with right but the people that you went to school with they've been working like yeah. now not saying that we haven't been working as players but it's a different type of experience and so you have to learn how to phrase some of the skills and everything that you're learning um at, at, that you and acquired as a player but then we're still behind because the people that we went to college with and graduated with are now four or five, sometimes 10 years, real work experience where we're football. And so we were trying to kind of look at it as a different way of trying to get guys exposure, experiences that so they can come back and say, I've done this and I've acquired these skills through football and I've done this. So it was a very rewarding experience and, and one um, that I loved. And then I also went back to school um, and I'm actually about to graduate here um, with a master's in strategic leadership um, I finished my last class here next week. So, so I went yeah, back. You, you, uh,
1: well, you you're busy, man. You got a lot going on right now. Um a school, lot. I know um, you know, there's a lot of I was, you know, obviously preparing for this. I, I was, you know, just kind of seeing what you were, were doing and everything. I noticed the Buffalo business first. Um the award, the idea award that you received. Congratulations yeah. on that, man. You're you're uh yeah, you're everywhere right now. So, yeah, keep keep making us proud, man
0: thank you i'll keep trying
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so um i feel like you know you actually the first question and then i kind of like we went on a tangent from there and all the prepared questions i sent you i have not asked you so i apologize let's get back on, <laughs> <laughs> let me get back on schedule here but with some of the stuff that you said it actually falls right back in line with the way i wanted the questions to go uh we were talk so you're talking about uh players in school and and um academic advising and uh, career advising, like the gentleman that you mentioned who wanted to be AD. So what do you, for yourself, knowing what you know now in your role as a, you know, as a front office member, um, as the the alumni player or the alumni um, representative previously, and as a, like, like I said, as a player, what advice would you um, have, what, what advice do you wish somebody would have given you like your rookie year coming in um, that, Possibly could have changed. Obviously, injuries—you know—you can't predict those. But what could have possibly changed your career for you know the long haul or or whatever?
0: You know, I, I think um, the game is so different from when we played, um, so it, it's it's hard to say. Well, I wish somebody had said this or said that. I, I think for me, I think the one thing I wish that somebody had set me down with um, and had said, okay, we're going to come up with a game plan for a couple things, right? Um, One, I think the league, um, including myself, even in in my current role, we have a long way to go when it comes to really providing real substantial financial education to our players, like helping them really understand how money operates, um, what you can do with it, um, the ability uh, of it compounding and what it can become. Um, So, and then also understanding when you should use it, when you shouldn't use it, why you should have um, your credit score equally as good um, so you can kind of mm-hmm. leave your money alone. So I wish I'd had a really good understanding of that coming into the league, because I think I would have um, definitely uh, been, uh, done some things differently and not tried to help as many people as I try to. Um, I think also the one thing that, I, 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 that I've that i learned over time is, is everything has gotta be personal, it's gotta be one-on-one. So I wish somebody had sat me down and said, mm-hmm. okay, what do you want to accomplish? What do you think wealth, um, wealthy, looks like? Um, because everybody's definition of wealthy is different. It's like different. you know, yep. you may say wealthy to me is I have a hundred million dollars in the bank. I might say wealthy to me is I have enough money. Um, I can go fish every day. I can take care of my family, provide for them. So, mm-hmm. really having a definition, a personal definition of what wealth looks like to me, and then having a plan to follow along that. Um really would have definitely um been beneficial. You know, I ended up figuring what it what all that meant, but I had to figure that out on my own outside of football, which then means obviously you're gonna make some mistakes because you're still learning it. And had I had that person and had that kind of guidance from the beginning, I think I might have made some different um different decisions going forward.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean that makes sense too, especially like the the financial piece obviously for football is important. I just think in in life and reality it's it's important yes. for people. I wish um I wish in high I I was I was fortunate enough to go to City Honors in Buffalo, which is um it's a public school, but you test to get in, and it, it it's pretty much a private school. Uh, okay. but you know in fifth grade, sixth grade, they did have things where they taught us at a young age like how to write checks and how to balance a checkbook and little things like that that helped. And then in high school, they had little things that helped us as well. But all my friends that went to like Burger Bennett, you know, I spoke to them. Some people didn't know how to write a check until they actually opened their first bank account when they were in, which is another thing. Some people don't even open their first bank accounts until they're in their twenties, you know? So, um, the understanding of how money, like you said, how it flows, what you can do with it. Um, it's, it's an important, I think it's an important piece just in general for education. So I I completely agree with you there. Uh, let's, let's switch gears again here and let's, let's ask now. So as a front, a front office member, um, like I said, you 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 were a player with the team. Now you got to come back for the team that you played for and were drafted by. What's one of the most memorable moments as a member of the organization for you? Like a, a big win or a, just a big a moment? Just anything that that you can think back on?
0: Like, man, this was awesome. I tell you what. Um, and, and I'm I'm I don't consider myself a big social media guy, uh, and I probably need to do a better job of doing some posts. Um, but I literally have the hat. Um, and everything from when we first, um, my rookie year, we won the AFC East. Um, The first and last time that we won the AFC East. And I actually happened to start that game um, and actually started our last playoff win. So, it was really cool to be a part of that um, and then come full circle and be a part of the organization and be on the sideline and be with those guys as they won their first AFC East crown um and so i have the hats from when i won it my rookie year i have the hat being a member uh of the staff and, and a part of the team in the organization um for winning it last year so that was really cool to kind of see where i started you yeah. know i have a really cool post of how it started how it's going <laughs> and i was just like yeah, wow yeah <laughs> the years making but it was really cool just to be a part of that um and to see the joy on those guys faces and understand like it's hard to win your division. Um, it's hard to kind of make it to the playoffs all the time and to be really successful and to see the hard work that they put in to achieve all that in a pandemic year was just probably one of the most amazing experiences that I actually got to see, one as a player winning it and then as as a, a staff member seeing those guys win it. So it was really amazing.
1: Man, this year or this this last season, the, the team, I, I'm so um... – <laughs> so I'm 35. And, and so when the bills, let's see. So the last time you were on the, like when you said the bills made the playoffs, I think I was 12, maybe 11. So it's been, you know, it's been like that. So for me, it's like, it's, it's so exciting. It's, it's, um it's exhilarating, man. Like every Monday just feels better when, when your team is yeah. good, every, you know, it's just a whole different week. Uh, but let me ask you this about the current roster because you played cornerback, you know, and, um, right now we have trey white who's who's man he's he's legit and, and depending on who you talk to some say he's top two some say he's top three i don't care what you say he's a top cornerback in the league uh aside from him we got lucky and we were able to to bring levi back on a on a lesser contract for a one-year deal uh we kept Teron johnson uh we 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 let uh I, I don't think we retained no we didn't we Gosh, didn't Norman. retain um sherm yeah we didn't retain Norman. Thank you, thank you, so Norman. So it looks like we're probably gonna pick one up somewhere in the draft, maybe, or, or maybe still looking free agency and do some things there. How do you feel about a cornerback room and and what would you like to see them do to take a step forward to get us over that hump?
0: You know, I, I like the corners that we have. I mean Cornerback is a position that you always draft one every year, um, so you've got some guys in that room that can play. Um, obviously, Trey is the the lead dog, um, but I like Levi. Um, I like Cam Lewis. Uh, so, um, and we also have a, a younger guy from uh, Pittsburgh um, who we drafted last year. So we've got some guys that can play. It's just a matter of can they pick up and and and, and kind of get the experience they need to kind of compete at a high level. Because we know last year was interesting in that we started with a, a COVID kind of year. Everybody's kind of like, all right, we don't know what teams are going to look like. So I guess you could say we kind of snuck up on some teams, right? Like people didn't think we were going to beat the Rams. Like people didn't think we were going to be um, and be competitive and beat Seattle. Like people didn't think we were going to be able to handle yeah. our record be 13 and three, right? Well, everybody knows you we were 13-3 and three last year. So everybody knows they're going to be looking like, hey, this team can score points. You know, their defense, when their defense gets rolling, they can stop people. So it's, we're going to get everybody's best week in and week out. Like, there's no more sneaking up on teams and kind of saying, all right, what's this team all about? This is it a fluke. Like, teams are going to know going into it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you're going to draft a corner. Uh, at 30, you know, are you getting a guy that's going to come in and start? right away probably not so you're looking at what's in your room um, and knowing the guys in that room I think they have some talent in there that they're going to come in and be able to compete week in and week out uh, and you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised to see what those guys can do in that room
1: man I'm looking forward to it it's going it's going to be fun because um it's the first time in recent memory for me like we've been getting better every year so like last year you really could have gone best player available and then the year before blessed, but it's like this year I really feel like okay our roster's set like Whoever's there, that's good. Let's do it. Like, you know, like I really feel like that this year. So, to your point, whether it's a corner that can come in and, and perform in round one, whether if it's a, you know, I want a corner. I was looking at um, Asante Samuel Jr. And I was also looking at, uh, and I forget his name now because I'm, I'm not a huge draft guy. Like, that's not my forte, but I try. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be trying to sound like I'm good with it, man. Uh, but before I let you go, because we're almost, we're almost done here, I don't want to hold you too much longer. I did want to ask you about, um, about Western New York in general. Uh, you, so you were drafted by the Bills, you came to Buffalo, you aren't from Buffalo, right? <laughs> no. Like,
0: wh- where are you from? I'm from Columbus, Ohio, so I'm I'm a Buckeye through and through, born and raised there. Went to the Ohio State University, the um, Ohio, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I love I love how every Ohio State University member said the Ohio State University. <laughs> but so okay, well I can't. I guess I I can't judge you too much then because the weather isn't too off. Um, I know a lot of people give. Buffalo, a lot of slack, you know, like, hey, your your weather is horrible. I lived in Indianapolis for five years, and it was just as bad. You know, <laughs> Cleveland's just as bad, Columbus okay. just as bad. So I won't give you slack there. But what was it about Buffalo? Western New York is a great town, man. What what was it that kept you there, man? Like, you know, I don't know. It, it seems it seems know, weird.
0: Honestly, I, I loved, I, it was a lot like being at home, um, but honestly, you know, I met my wife here, um, and, you know, as the saying goes, you know, you you marry a Buffalo girl, you end up back in Buffalo, uh, so, you know, that's really what happened, like, you know, we got married, uh, you know, and, and we met out of like the weirdest places, like just random. Like I was out um, driving um, and I've told this story before. So if you've heard it before, I apologize for saying it again. But you know, when I first got here, I I was trying to find things that reminded me of home. Uh, And so I went to, of all things, 7-Eleven out in Williamsville. Uh, on Maple Road uh, and walked in and get a Slurpee. Because when I was at Ohio State, um, I would work out and I would walk back to my dorms in my apartment and I would pass by 7-Eleven. So I would always get this big Slurpee. Um, I, I was I always got the lemon Slurpee and I would mix it with something else. I'll mix cherry and lemonade. Uh, and then I would just walk home um, and just walk back to my mm-hmm. dorm and walk back to class. So that's like kind of, one of my, what I did. Like didn't go out too much, didn't do too many things. You know, we all play Madden, um, so that was kind of my my vice to kind of relax and kind of just like this is like home. So 7-Eleven, i Eleven, I'm gonna get a Slurpee. Saw this cute girl behind the counter and was like, you know, hey, do you have a boyfriend? She said yes. I'm like, cool, I'll see you around. So, you know, I did that whole song and dance for two years. I would just I stop in, go get my Slurpee. Man. Pop back in, like, yo, you get rid of your problem yet? Like, you know, and she would laugh, like, what problem? <laughs> like, the boyfriend you got? Did you get rid of this dude yet? Like, I'm saying, like, and so we would just talk, and I got to know her, and I started just asking, like, well, what do you do? Like, I'm in school, you know, I'm going to school. I'm at Buff State. I do this. I do that. All oh, cool, you know. Um, she was running for Miss Team Buffalo, um, so I was like, well, what is that? You know, help me understand what that is. Like, so we we talked about a lot of things, and and then all of a sudden, you know, two years later. I ended up breaking up with the girl that I was dating. Um, She broke up with the guy she was dating and she was like, I'm about to be a baller. I'm about to be this. And I was like, okay, from one baller to the next, let me get your phone number. Uh, And we eventually got on a date uh, and then the rest was history. Like we became inseparable after that. um, And then we dated, Um, she was with me before the knee injuries, through the knee injuries, after the knee injuries, and we're going on 21 years of marriage um, this year.
1: Man, that's beautiful young young men let's l- listen to this story did you hear what he said he was persistent he said two years yeah everybody see young people nowadays man everybody to- is twitter and is in his TikTok and all this stuff so we feel like you shoot a dm and that should be it and it's on the pop it listen my man said he went to 7-eleven for two years man and oh, yeah. he talked to this young lady for two years until he won her over y'all better put some work in Mar- Mr. Marlin is, is persistent. He did that with college. He did it with his injury. He did it with his wife. Listen, y'all need, y'all need, to, y'all need to follow my man Marlin on, on social media. He's going to give y'all some good advice, man. Marlin, is there anything that you got going on that you kind of want to let people know about? Any charity events or any, just anything that you uh, would like to bring attention to prior to me letting you go?
0: No, I mean anybody that's out there doing um positive things, keep doing your positive things. I, I think, you know, we need a lot of positivity in our world um, right now. So, you know, just be kind. You know, it, you don't have to point out all the negatives that somebody's doing. Just look for something positive and and a compliment yeah. and encouragement goes a long, long way. So, don't be so quick to judge everyone. Just, you know, see see the positive and kind of trust that people are trying to do the right thing and anybody that needs a, a positive word from me, I let me know. Follow me on Twitter or anything else, and I'll be more than happy to be that that word of encouragement and, and that person you can look up to.
1: Absolutely, I'll make sure I'm I'm tagging uh, you in this when it goes live. So, um, everybody, please give Mr. Kerner, uh, Kerner a follow, and and you know, like I said, you you heard the interview, you see how he's how he is. Cool dude, cool dude. I wanna give a shout out as well to my, my best friend and, and apparently a close friend of, of Mr. Kerners as well, Kyrie Stevens of BNMC, he actually set this up. He, he um, you know allowed me to meet Mr. Marlin and, and this has been this has been great, man. This has been one of the best interviews that I've done. I, I, so I appreciate you taking the time. Again, shout out to Kyrie and BNMC for doing everything that they've been doing for the city of Buffalo and Western New York. They're making major, major moves over there with BNMC. Uh, so y'all know how I do it here with the of conduct is Jay Smith the King. You can find me on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Listen, love each other, take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Go (laughs) build.